listening to a Sharesies podcast. It's Friday the 3rd of December. You're listening to Recap, made for you by Sharesies. Sharesies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create financial empowerment for everyone. And here's a financial disclaimer. Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with. Any information we provide is general only and current at the time. If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. G'day Alice. Hey Jose, how are you going on this lovely Friday afternoon? I'm ready for the weekend. I had such a lovely day and I'm ready to get out there under the new traffic light system. I can't wait. That's right, of course, you have been in Auckland this entire time and in lockdown, and it's Freedom Day. It certainly is, uh, and uh, great to have you back, by the way, after being away on Thursday. That's all good. Yeah, I'm I'm back on deck. Yeah, and uh, as you know, normally we label the end of the week Casual Friday on Recap, but this time it's a little bit different. That's right. We officially dubbed this episode IPO Friday. Uh, IPO, of course, stands for Initial Public Offering and is when a private company lists its shares on a stock exchange for the first time. Today we'll be talking about two companies with news about going public and I'll also be talking to Greg Smith from Devon Funds about how 2021 has seen a huge increase of public offerings, 900 Alice in the US alone this year, and what investors need to watch out for if they're looking for IPOs to invest in? 900. I think that that's more than the amount, well actually I know that that's more than the amount of companies listed on the New Zealand Stock Exchange uh, in total. Nuts, absolutely nuts. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that chat. But what's up first, Jose? So property developer Winton has confirmed its plans to drop an initial public offering on two stock exchanges all before Christmas. Okay, so what can you tell me about Winton? It was founded in 2009. It has at least 29 projects lined up, which will create around nearly 7,500 residential lots. All but one of its developments are in New Zealand. The other is in New South Wales in Australia. All right, and what's the go with the IPO? Lovely rhyming there. You caught me. You caught me unawares. <laughs> the company wants to sell between sixty-four and ninety million new shares at a price of three dollars and eighty-eight cents. Now that is implying a market value of one point one five billion dollars, and they are looking to raise up to three hundred and fifty million dollars. Okay, and what does Winton want to use that money for? The CEO Chris Meehan says that they will use the money to accelerate their growth. Uh, they're looking that between 145 and 241 million of that will be earmarked for buying land and uh, making large developments. They'll also pay off debt, almost $90 million uh, outstanding on a current development in Tikalfata, and they will look to expand its line of retirement villages. And you said that the company's looking to be dual listed? Yes, uh, so on both the Australian and New Zealand stock exchanges, they've uh, also locked in a $200 million investment from Macquarie Asset Management and $100 million from, an, from other investors. Winton says it expects to pay a dividend of $0.07 per share in 2023. Uh, its debut on the New Zealand Stock Exchange is due to happen on the 17th of December. The offer itself starts on the 9th and will run for three days. 
Thanks, Jose. Now, even though the term initial public offering and IPO is thrown around a lot, did you know that that's just one of the ways that a company can go public? Yeah, but uh, IPOs are the ones that are most commonly heard of, right? Yeah, IPOs are seen as sort of like the traditional and most popular way for a company to list on an exchange. But there are some other methods uh, which we have talked about on Recap before, such as a direct listing or going public via a special purpose acquisition company uh, or SPAC. That's right. And I believe we also have a Sharesies blog about some of the different ways companies can go public, right? We sure do, and I'm sure we can add a link in to that in the episode description. Uh, so anyway, my news today is about a company that listed yesterday but didn't do an IPO. Interesting. So what company is that? Uh, it was Grab, and that went public in what has been called the biggest Wall Street debut by a Southeast Asian company. Cool. So before we get into it, tell me a little bit more about Grab. Sure thing. So for context, Grab is the largest ride-hailing company in Southeast Asia. It's like the Uber of the region. In fact, Grab actually acquired Uber's Southeast Asian business back in 2018. Now on top of that, in recent years, the company has also expanded across other services like food delivery, uh, digital payments, and even financial services. Uh, It calls itself a super app. Now, the company operates in 465 cities across eight countries, uh, including the likes of Singapore, Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, uh, and a few more. Now, the app has been used by millions of users uh, in the region. And you said that Grab went public? That's right. On Thursday, Grab began trading on the NASDAQ exchange in the US. But as I mentioned, uh, Grab didn't do an IPO. It went public via a SPAC. Now, I know that we've talked about SPACs before on Recap, but it's been a while. So can you please remind us again what a SPAC is? Absolutely. So a SPAC is a company that's been publicly listed, but it's been created for the sole purpose of acquiring another company. Now, they often don't have any operations. They're basically just sitting there with a blank checkbook uh, at the ready. Now, when they um, sort of find and acquire a company, what usually happens is that the SPAC will change its name to the one that's been acquired. And essentially, the company it's taken over now trades on the exchange. Uh, This is what happened with Rocket Lab a few months back, and uh, we've seen a few other listings via SPAC lately too. So what happened in the case of Grab? So here the SPAC was Ultimeter Growth Corp. Uh, It trades on the NASDAQ exchange. So it acquired Grab, changed its name to Grab Holdings, and its ticket to Grab. The merger was completed yesterday and Grab officially started trading on the NASDAQ, uh, so that was on Thursday in the US. And how much was the deal worth? 40 billion US dollars. Now the deal and listing also allowed Grab to raise 4.5 billion dollars in cash. Uh, According to Refinitiv, this is the largest US listing by a Southeast Asian company and is also the largest deal of its kind on record according to DealLogic. FYI, Refinitiv and Dealogic are both data providers. But Alice, Grab is based and operates in Southeast Asia. Why did it choose to go public in the US? 
Yeah, good question. So the company's previously indicated that uh, this is because it wants to tap into a larger investor base. Uh, although Chief Financial Officer Peter Wei said yesterday that the company wouldn't rule out the possibility of listing on another exchange. He said, we're open to Southeast Asia and other opportunities. And why did Grab decide to go public? Well, Wei said that the company would use the funds raised through the process to invest in its existing operations. Uh, he said, we're just getting started in Southeast Asia. He sort of referenced uh, there's still being opportunity to grow the company's core business at home. He said the grocery delivery services in, in Southeast Asia are still in their early stages. And the ride hailing uh, service as well is still a lot less established than uh, what you see in the likes of China. So Grab started trying trading on Thursday. What happened to the share price after that? So shares opened the day at $13.06 per share, but closed the day down more than 20% at $8.75. So we're nearly done with 2021, and I don't think you'd be far off if you describe the last 11 months or so as the year of the IPO. There's been heaps of companies listing on various exchanges around the world, what does all this activity look like? What does it tell us about the markets and investor activity? Well, to discuss all that, I'm joined by Greg Smith. He's the head of retail for Devon Funds. That's an investment management firm based here in Aotearoa. Welcome, Greg. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, great. Ple- pleasure to be here. I think what kicked us off was economy right for the New Zealand Herald. And you just in that column, you describe the global activity in IPOs as rampant. I mean, exactly how much activity are we talking about here that's happened over the last 11 months or so? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a, a pretty apt uh, description. And yeah, as I said, just as a bit of a backdrop, I suppose. Yeah, last year was plenty of capital raisings, but it was mm. all about the onset of the pandemic and uh, you know battening down the hatches, as it were. And yeah, this year it's been lots of you know, new companies coming to the market. Even at the end of the third quarter, so three quarters of the way through the year, there'd actually be more IPOs globally than 1996. And for those of you uh, you know old enough to remember that. Uh, myself included, that was sort of like the height of the dot-com IPO right. frenzy. Uh, US has led the way as it, as it did then. We've had more than 900 companies coming to the boards. And just as a bit of a comparison as well, it was just over 660 back 25-odd years ago. Total rosings, over 300 billion US dollars. Uh, and to put that in context as well, if you look at the, the final year of that dot-com frenzy, that's more than triple what was raised then. So so pretty incredible, really. So why all this activity then? Look, I think you know there's a number of reasons why this year has been you know, the, the year of the IPO. Um, and just also just as a bit of a segue, merger and acquisitions activity generally has been very, very strong as right. well. So you know, that has sort of gone hand in hand. But look, there's a few things driving it. I think driving both has been... Uh, optimism around the post-COVID environment, you know, life with COVID, uh, the vaccine, economies rebounding from the pandemic. Also, you've had the rise of the retail investor, uh, I get with the stay-at-home thematic, they've been there to support demand. And, uh, and that's why you've seen a lot of companies come to market. I suppose closed borders have made, uh, you know, have been a bit of a handbrake on M&A activity, which has been very strong nonetheless. But yeah, also I suppose investor optimism is is made for fertile conditions really when you think about it because valuations are um, are so attractive. So it's been a great time to sort of go to the market right. and raise capital for most of the year. 
Yeah, uh, and as you say, it's kind of the US driving that, although there's a lot of activity um, in general. Although locally here in New Zealand, it's been pretty quiet since I think like my, my food bag listed in March. We just had Winton, of course, we talked about earlier in the show. Uh, wh- why is that, do you think? Uh, look, there's a variety of reasons. Um, liquidity, I suppose, has, has been one of those. And if you look across the Tasman of Australia, where we're, we've been quiet, Australia's been on absolute fire, like uh, a host of small companies coming up, but also massive billion-dollar companies as well. We're getting up towards, we'll be getting up to over, uh, into double digits, you know, by the end of the year in terms mm. of those bigger players. So, yeah, for New Zealand, I suppose the listings that we have seen, you mentioned Winton, that'll be one that's dual-listed, will be dual-listed. We've also had Vulcan Steel as well. So I think, uh, you know, liquidity has been part of that. Uh, but, you know, hopefully, you know, I suppose the dual listing side of things you know, is a bit of a bright spot. Yeah, we have, of course, there's been a few that have got away, haven't they, in terms of for, for, for Kiwi investors. You know, we were hoping for for Orcon and, and Two Degrees to come and list. You know, that was another disappointment, if you remember Vodafone a few years ago. Uh, so that hasn't happened. So it has left, uh, left Kiwi investors wanting for more. But, yeah, look, you don't need to look too far uh, and, in terms of getting access to these IPOs if you look at what's happening in, in Australia. Coming back to the macro view, okay, so heaps of activity there, but in general, how have the new listings performed? Well, not so, not so well, actually. I mean, there's a lot to, lot to choose between, uh, and obviously IPOs tend to get yeah, people excited. It's new companies, it's new names, you're getting access to a stock that hasn't been around previously. So there's often a lot of excitement, particularly if it's something a name that everyone Everyone knows, yeah. but th- these are investments at the end of the day. So you know, due diligence is, is important, and this is underscored by the fact if you look at the big IPOs, just look at the ones that are worth uh, US one billion or more uh, across like the so UK, Asia, and the US. Uh, of those forty-three IPOs, forty-nine percent are underwater, are below their listing price. Right. So you've lost. You know, if you've gone into those, you, you, you're down on paper by almost a half. And it's a bit of a familiar theme. If you look at it, we're seeing a lot of IPOs in some countries start to be either either pulled or downscaled. We've seen this across the Tasman. We've seen lots of IPOs pulled in recent times uh, in Europe. And investors are getting a lot more choosy. And, and then that's actually another point probably relates to the advent of, of the SPAC, these, these blank check companies that have been particularly prominent in the US but also elsewhere. They really dominate a lot of the listing activity uh, in, in, in the early parts of 2021, but they've yeah. started to fade away. How would you suggest investors approach their investment decisions when it comes to IPOs? I mean, I guess it's a little bit, as ever, it's a little bit of buyer beware, right? The first thing to do is sort of take emotion out of the equation. So just the fact that you know the name and it sounds like a great idea, um, you know, that, that's that's not not the first thing to be doing and not certainly the, uh, the, the, the basis on which to make your investment decision. Start with the price, start with the valuation. You know, we're seeing those valuations starting to moderate, uh, and that's because buyers are, are becoming more choosy. And also, I think, you know, another key thing to look at is look at the uh, the logic for coming to market. Is it because the vendors literally want to extract the, the maximum uh, price possible, uh, or is it more for sort of growth ambitions? I think I think what I also look at as well is, is what are the lockup periods? Um, you know, are, are, are the founders or, or key executives in there, are they going to be with the business for a while or are they, are they sort of cutting loose and running to the horizon sort of in the not too 
distant future. So, look, I think that's really, really important as well. Uh, yeah, who's selling? That can often be a feature as well. Private equity spin-offs over time to be, you know, often haven't done that well. Uh, some There have been some success stories. So I think wrapping all those things up in, into the decision is important. But, yeah, look, ultimately it comes back to valuation. And, look, of course as well, it depends on your own time horizon. Are you, are you going into this IPO because you have dreams of being able to sell it in, in a week's time? Or maybe is it something that you're prepared to hold on to for you know one to two years, if not longer? So I think that comes into it as well. Thanks very much to Greg Smith from Devon Funds for the chat. Greatly appreciated. And that was Recap for the 3rd of December. Thanks so much for listening. You can give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to get in touch, our email is recap at sharesies.co.nz. And you can also leave a voice message. There's a link in the episode description. And don't forget on Tuesday, it's Recap's 100th episode. We've got some cool stuff planned. uh, So keep an eye out or even an ear out to, to hear what those things are. But have a great weekend. Absolutely. Hey, Te Lahina.